Welcome to the American Theatre Wing's Downstage Center podcast. I can't believe I'm actually saying this and doing it. My name is Bruce Dow, and I am playing King Herod in Jesus Christ Superstar, the Broadway revival now playing at the Neil Simon Theatre. And I'm here with my lovely and talented colleague, Mr. Josh Young, who is playing Judas Iscariot. Hi, Bruce. Hi, Josh. How are you I'm doing? I'm doing great. I'm thrilled to be Downstage Center with you. Isn't it nice? It's awesome. It's, we're never Downstage Center together. We are never, we're never anywhere on stage never. together. I look up, I look up at you. You look up I look at me. up at you once. Yes, and I look at you disapprovingly and, and turn away. And then I get score. very sad about it. It is. You're, you're very good at doing the very sad thing. But when I see you in person, I'm always very happy. The feeling is entirely mutual. Oh, thanks, Bruce. It's true. It's a lot of love in this room. There is a lot of love in this room. Okay, um, so we're doing uh, the Broadway revival of Jesus Christ Superstar. Yes. It's unbelievable. Uh, and it's happened so fast. It has um, many stages. Yeah, tell us how... how where did we start with this? Well, we started at the Stratford Shakespeare Festival, which I think is the best place in the world for theater. It is. Uh, and it's funny. It's, it's North America's largest classical repertory theater company. Uh, four theaters. The uh, festival theater is 1,800 seats. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Avon Theater, 1,100 seats. The Tom Patterson with 500. And the studio with 250. It's annual budget of $65 million and annual patronage of between 500 and 600,000 people. And it's the best kept theater secret in North America. Yeah. And it employs amazing actors and and directors and and all different types of artists. It's uh, one of the few places left in North America where everything is made on site, from your wigs to your boots to your. It's so funny that I'm telling you this across. <laughs> well, I don't. I'm relatively new. You've been there. You've been there a while. I've been when, around when you, a while. I just, when did you first start a strap? Well, there was a stone cave, and we started out <laughs> with shadow puppets. No, um, uh, I started there in 1992. I've done 12 seasons over a period of sort of 20 years. What was your first? Oh my! Oh, this was. When I was young and slim and lovely and thought I could dance, oh, I was in HMS Pinafore uh, at the festival. And then I was sort of on and off. And, and uh, yeah, but I've, I've been very lucky to work there. Has it been 12 seasons straight? No, 12 no. seasons over 20 years. So, you know, in That's and out. Awesome. Yeah, it's great. That's fantastic. Now, uh, now, are you living there? I it, I have a place there. You have a place there. I also uh, have a place with my fiance in Toronto. Oh my god! And and now New York. So uh, yeah, a little Mister International. I'm all you. over the place. You are, but uh, I love Stratford. It's my, it was my second season. And, and your first season was playing Che in Evita. Che in Evita, yeah. directed by Gary Griffin, who directed The Color Purple he's down fantastic, here. And he's yeah. amazing. And and. Uh, now, Vita's also on Broadway, which is crazy. I can't wait to check that out. I know, I can't wait to see that, too. It's going to be great. So we started Jesus Christ Superstar at the Stratford Shakespeare Festival. Des yes. McEnough, two-time Tony Award-winning director of Jersey Boys and The Who's Tommy. Um, and which is so weird, Jersey Boys is playing across the street from us on 52nd. Right. It's, it's Des McEnough way, it as is, we like to call it. <laughs> it totally is. Um, so uh, Des directed Jesus Christ Superstar at Stratford. We started rehearsals last March, and we started previews sort of April, yeah. May-ish, something like mm-hmm. that. Later. And then uh, we opened, and it kind of was getting really well received. Like snow, snowballed, kind of. Yeah. You know, I think from the very first um, designer meeting we had, we all kind of felt like it was something special. Um, we all knew each other. We knew the talents that were in the room, that is the costume designers, the set designers. But the whole, I think, design presentation in that one meeting that that meeting really kind of uh, there were like shivers I think in that, uh, there were in that a room. lot. It's uh, Robert Brill is the set designer. Paul Taswell designed the costumes, and we've got the amazing Rick Fox as our musical director, he's who's uh, yeah, he's scary good. So, and you always know with Des, he's going to think outside the box, and he's going to do something interesting with the show. And then we started running, and then uh, somebody came to visit. 
which yes. we didn't expect. Do you want to yes. – Well, uh, what happened was – at intermission of one of our shows, all of a sudden, there is a standing ovation. I mean, I assume they were standing. I think they were standing. I think I saw from the corner of the curtain that people were standing. But it was a huge ovation. And we were all like, Justin Bieber's here. Justin Bieber's here. <laughs> um, Whenever anything exciting happens in Stratford, it's, they think it's, it's Justin, Justin Bieber. Bieber. Yeah. Uh, for those of you, we're, I think we're taking for granted that people don't know that Justin Bieber's hometown is Stratford, And Ontario. he started singing, busking outside the Avon Theater. Outside the, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if you, if you uh, YouTube him, I think you can see a video of that. So that's what I thought. What did you think? I, you I, know what? I, did, I you didn't hear those you applause. Know, I'm so old and jaded. I don't even listen anymore. I hear applause. Whatever. I'll be back out. I haven't done my number yet. I'll be there. <laughs> you know. So, so I, I heard those applause, and I so I, I immediately thought Justin Bieber. So I was like, great. We'll meet Justin Bieber after the show. <laughs> And, uh, and then, and then after the show, how did it happen? We were, we were coming off stage after the curtain call and from, from backstage at the Avon, there's one door to get to all the dressing rooms. Yes. So you come off stage right and we're walking through and there's Des standing there with this nice gentleman and there's sort of a backed up line and we realize we're meeting Andrew Lloyd Webber. Lord Andrew Lloyd Webber. That's, is that, it, so it wasn't that right was on stage. It. It, we went back on stage. After, after that, that, we, we all changed then went out for a photo on stage right. and which was, oh my God. I was such a, Really, oh my God! It was like anyway. I, I for some reason I was the first well, one we were back all on stage. Struck. I mean, totally. But I went up to, to the man room. and I said, "Hi, I played Herod." And he went, "I knew. <laughs> I was there. I saw, I was, it. I saw it. I was in the audience." It's like I was a tree in the school play. Nice to meet you. No, so he was lovely, and he, he was, loved the production. He loved the production, and I proceeded to call everybody I had ever met to tell them. <laughs> never seen I just so many sang cell Judas, phones. right? Yeah. Every, everybody, all of us. Yeah, I just sang Judas for Andrew Lloyd Webber, which is something I never thought I'd say. It's it, in it Canada. Was, in, in Canada, in Canada exactly. as an American, <laughs> and. Um, it, it, no, it was unbelievable. And he was raving too about Rick and the orchestra and how. He did. He said it was the best he'd ever heard it. Yeah. Which is so. And, and it is, it's great just to listen to, I mean, our, our orchestra, our band, it's a, it's a, Band orchestra. It's a borkestra. A borkestra. I just made that up <laughs> right now. It. It's going to be used forever in rock musicals. Exactly. It's a borkestra. <laughs> Our borkestra is awesome. It is totally awesome. Yeah. Totally yeah. awesome. So then who came the next week? Um, the next week was followed by Tim Rice. Exactly. And the I same, think the words Andrew Lloyd Webber used were, now we have to get that bastard Rice to see this. That's exactly what he is said. Is that exactly what he said? Uh, are we going to get in trouble for saying that? I don't think well, so. Whatever. PG-17. Uh, okay, good. Yeah. good. That, that is exactly what he said to yeah. us. And he did. Yeah. So he, he said followed. it in a very genial way. It was not, you know, it was no, very it was, friendly. it was a loving way of yeah. calling somebody a bastard. Exactly. Which only theater people can do. Exactly. <laughs> Subtext. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, and Tim was equally as complimentary. And very shortly after that, we sort Tim, of Tim, I just called him Tim. I feel Tim. like I just committed a sin. Uh, Sir Tim. Sir Tim. Yeah, Sir Tim. Well, careful. We got a well, Lord he deserves it. His work is amazing. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, and very shortly after that, we sort of heard rumblings that the show was – they were going to try to move the show somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. Uh, we were all thinking maybe Toronto. I heard somebody said Vancouver. I had heard Chicago and San Francisco. Just but so nobody I think even talked about nobody it. Even, no, so nobody. We're, we're talking about it for the first time now, actually, yeah. like the rumors because nobody rumors. wanted to – we were like, pa, pa, pa. Yeah, totally. So because um, – but, but yeah, so all these different things. Right. And then all of a sudden, we heard that we were going to the La Jolla Playhouse, which, of course, is Des Mackinoff's old stomping grounds where he was artistic director for and now 20 he's years. the uh, artistic director emeritus, emeritus, which is a grand title. For it is have. another grand title. Uh, but he's, he's done amazing work there, and, and many of those shows have come here to New York. Yeah. Yeah. And now so, this one. And now this one. So we went to La Jolla, ran there for a month and a half. They were incredible hosts, and uh, – 
now really here is we a great are. place to work. It's amazing that a show would move that fast to Broadway. I, I mean, have, I, I have no experience with such things. You've been involved I, with other Broadway productions. I mean, I what was your back. first Broadway show? Uh, my first Broadway show was Jane Eyre, which um, was was not a hit. It was a lovely show. And what I'm still surprised is how many people come up to me and mention it and how much they loved it. Yeah, people did. Um, it, but it was one of those shows that started, I believe, at MTC. They did a reading of it. So, and then it was read at the Actors Theatre in Louisville. Then we did a production in Toronto. And, and you, were, you were with them? I was with this. it. But no, I, I joined in Toronto and La Jolla, and then we came into New York. But each time we did it, we thought it was dead. Toronto right. died. La Jolla died. And then all of a sudden Crazy. we're doing it in New York. And it took took six years to get sort of from... And that's the path of a lot of shows. Yeah. Um, well, this now, now JCS has been around for 40 years, so it's a little bit different. But new works, that, that's kind of the path. That's kind of the path. Yeah. Now, how did you first run into Jesus Christ Superstar? How did it come into your life? Um, I remember as maybe a five-year-old playing on the carpet with building blocks, and my parents had the 45, you know, the brown oh, album. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. And as soon as I learned it, I would sing along, and I would I would sing along with all the characters. But I definitely always loved Judas the most, but never thought I'd really get the chance to play it because it's normally played by a kind of a screaming rock bad boy tenor kind of guy, and I don't exactly see myself that way. However, I do definitely feel akin to Judas. I sympathize and empathize with the character, but um, the way it was written, I definitely never thought I'd be doing it. Really? I didn't. Mm. I... You, oh. you, you always thought, always, ever since you knew me, you thought ever that Josh would make a fantastic Judas. make a fantastic Judas. Judas. That's the first <laughs> thing that crossed my mind. No, but I mean, seeing you do Che was sort of, uh, you know, you've got the charisma for it, and you've got the voice that just will not quit, of oh, which I'm incredibly you. jealous. But... Um, now, I, okay, that's one thing that's been interesting for me watching you over the last year. Yeah, is uh, this is a heck of a role to sing. It is, um, and I've watched you know both you and Paul particularly because they are incredibly vocally athletic roles. Yeah, I've watched you grow with it, Thanks. and I watched you really work it into you. It's been like watching an athlete train. What kind of things particularly have been the challenges, and how have you addressed them? Well, I think the biggest challenge is making it work for me. And I love it because I think I've made it my own. And thank goodness the creators embraced the way that I've done it. And um, I've just totally, I think, reworked aspects of how it is sang. And I think the thing that I focus on most is the text, what's being said. And and I and obviously a lot of talk's been about our love triangle. But but uh, let's talk a bit about that because. Yeah. Um, I mean, the amazing thing for me, which I loved working with Des on any piece, but on this piece in particular, when somebody looks as a, at a musical as a play, and yes. it's a text of which there is spoken word. That, well, I mean, with us, there isn't a lot of spoken word, but it, there is there is text words and there is text music to work from. Yes. But we really rehearsed this as a play. Now, um, I'm just going to fill something in quickly here. Yeah. Uh, the inspiration for Des for this production were two particular interviews. One was with Andrew Lloyd Webber in which he stated he wanted to do a stadium tour. Mm-hmm. So Des thought a rock stadium look for the show would be kind of a cool place to start. Then he heard a television interview, I think, with Sir Tim about the fact that he had always thought of the piece as a love triangle between Judas, Jesus, and Mary Magdalene. What did you guys talk about in rehearsal, and how did you... Well, let's just start with what what sort of came from Des to you for looking at Judas. You know, he kind of gave that to us. Mm -hmm. He told us about that idea, and then we, in rehearsals, we just kind of ran with it, and we never said who... I mean, Paul and Shalene, I can't speak for them, but we never uh, clearly defined a specific uh, sexual relationship. Right. So cool. uh, it's I would say that it's even more than just a love triangle. It's um, 
a jealousy thing. It's uh, is it Jesus's love for Mary that Judas is uh, jealous of, or does he just want that love? I think it's more than just a triangle. I can't really explain it, and it's also it's a love for God. You know, this just uh, I think you know, you know what I find fascinating about the thing that you just mentioned, and it's something I love. I do love the actor discussion of uh, what are you thinking, what am I thinking, what, whatever. But what I really love is when a director drops an idea and says, you guys play with it, and you don't have to know what the other actor is thinking. That's kind of what we've done. You did. And I know, I know, in t- I, and they won't mind me saying this, talking for Paul and Shalina, that, that there are times they wanted to talk over, well, this is what I'm going for, but they tried to keep it separate. Yes. And, and I think that's really cool that the three of you are playing to me what is incredibly to watch because I get to watch a lot of the play, um, is incredibly clear scenes. It's well-defined with b- between the three of us, but a lot of it's unspoken. Yeah, that, that is cool. Yeah, and, and, and I think that I really think that, that Tim Rice wrote an excellent play that we've been able to adapt this love triangle theme to. It's so clear. I mean, yeah. That's one thing about the text. I mean, it's full of his acerbic wit and his sense of irony and sarcasm, because mm-hmm. with due respect, he's a tough bird. I mean, he really <laughs> yeah, is, totally. but he's a great guy. But it is such a clean text. Yes. And for a piece that's written in this, to me, it strikes me as it's written in the form of what would be like a bel canto opera. Totally. I mean, you're the, you're the baritone lead, he's the tenor lead, there's the mezzo or you know, alto female, and then there are choruses and the basso profundo in Caiaphas, right. which we've got the great Marcus Nance who can sing anything that only dogs can hear, <laughs> yeah, and true. you know, it's we'll great. start thunder rumbling. Um, and then you come in as the comic relief, which uh, is come, uh, well, uh, yeah. more than, but but you make it more than just that, which is incredible, and mm. and it really I think makes our one of the things that makes our production stand apart. How did you approach Herod? Well, again, it was approaching it as a play. Well, with with every Des production, you start. I'm just sharing people yeah. in here, but you start with what he calls a master's degree in the play. We spent four days with Chad Sylvain, who was our dramaturge, and I love trivia and stuff. But I never knew that the Herod of Jesus Christ Superstar was actually Herod Antipas, the son of Herod the Great. Right, and and actually, and and the Wailing Wall actually in Israel is the last remaining wall of his temple. Of but, his temple. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, actually, in in the show. Yeah. Uh, when when I there's some uh, choreography. Yeah, this is actually a uh, davening that that Jews do at the wall, at Herod's wall. Now, oh my god! Yeah. So I, I I wonder if people pick up on that. But anyway, keep going. No, I love it. No, I love it. This is great. Yeah. Um, so for me, learning it, it, taking it like a play. I've got a character. I play this Herod guy. He's the son of the last great king of the Jews. Uh, and Herod the Great went nuts and killed most of Antipas's brothers, yeah. and somehow Antipas squeaked through. And then there was another rebellion after the death of Herod the Great, and the Romans came in and really clamped things down. And so here I am as, technically, I should be the king of the Jews. Yeah. My father was. Mm-hmm. I'm now a tetrarch, one of four puppet leaders over Galilee and Perea. Right. So as a puppet leader, the Romans supply me with money. I'm supplied with a palace. I'm allowed to do things that stick basically to Jewish law. But otherwise, that's what he does. And um, and for this scene, here's somebody presented before me who is claiming to be the king of the Jews. And what I love is just treating – what we started to do was I just started looking at the text for the song without the music. Right. So and you find the, the drama in it. You find the drama the in tenser, it. Exactly. The exactly. What, what am I playing in this – what am I saying to somebody without the music? Then you look at the music, which is this incredible – 70s rock and roll vaudeville music hall number. Yeah. And that, to me, gives you the emotional placement for it. Totally. 
Um, but it, it really all came out of looking at the scene as a scene. So I, yeah. <laughs> the challenge is in playing a guy's whole life in three minutes. I can't play any more than what's written. Right, right, right. But I have to be clear in what he's doing for that bit. And the hardest thing, too, is hitting the ground running right. two-thirds of the way through the show. Sure. Especially when you're my age. <laughs> so what do you do backstage? What do I do backstage? get nervous a lot. <laughs> I pace a bit. I overdo the makeup and, <laughs> and me too. Uh, it's good. No, it's good. You look good with your fabulous blue eyeshadow. Oh, thank you. I've yeah. toned it down a little bit. But Have you? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I, it depends the day I get worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I definitely approached you just much the same way. I, I try to approach him as a historical figure, but when you look back at the lost gospels, at, at any gospel, at, at the Old Testament, at the Dead Sea Scrolls, any old text, there is nothing written about Judas Iscariot. He just appeared with these seven last days of yeah. Jesus. He just appeared. And human beings just don't appear. <laughs> so I was able to, I think, make up a backstory that I think works with this whole love triangle. And it was interesting because last year I played Che and we approached Che much the way that it was when um, Hal Prince directed it, which was, I think, fantastic and making it Che Guevara. I know, I know this. Oh, this, yeah, no. Yeah, I know, I know the new production. Well, they did for the movie it, as well. They made him sort of an every man. An every man. But uh, when we did it in... Um, we did it as Che Guevara, to, and I think it creates a great dramatic tension. Certainly, say, yeah, it sets up a very strong political tension for right. the statement of the play, exactly. which is cool. But with Che, there's tons of information on his background. He kept a journal. I knew everything about the guy. I was able to do as much of a portrait of a character as I could. With this, sorry, go ahead. No, no, but it's, it's interesting. This, it's interesting with both pieces that you go, you have a script, but outside the script, you have all this extra material or no extra material or none. to go on. And yet all you can play is what's in the script. Exactly. But yeah. I think what the things that you take from the things that are not in the script is what makes your performance as an actor textured or what – and I think that's what well, – how you can personally day, tie into it too. Right. It's, exactly. Day. How you yeah. can – something's tangible, how you can grasp onto something. Um, and, and I think for Che, I had so much that I could use. I knew everything about him. Right. Judas, there's nothing. There's nothing. He, you can't find out what he did for a living. You don't know who his parents <laughs> no, are. No, it's fascinating. The, that period of time we had where you go through the what is historical document, what is historiography, what people wrote about it, and then right. what and are we the religious through, texts. And we went through all, all of yeah. this with our dramaturge, and we learned lots this, of stuff. Nothing, nothing about, about Judas. <laughs> nothing about so, but I thought, but I, You're but on I, your own. But I tried to take it as a gift because I was able to say what can I make up about this person that would make this story most dramatically interesting? And yeah, you're given the choices on the page of the text where it says, Judas does this. So exactly. how do you fill that in backwards as an actor exactly. to go, that's the decision I would make at that time? Exactly. And I think yeah. that's totally fun. And that's, that's, that's totally fun. It's yeah. totally fun. And it's what we do when we approach new works. Like I'm sure when you were doing Jane Eyre, uh, any, any new work, and I think that's the most fun for an actor. So I, I thought it was kind of a gift, and I think it's really fun. Where where did you train? What's your background as an actor? I trained at Syracuse University. I got my BFA in in uh, musical theater. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Now was that a what, like three four year program? It was or? a four year program. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Upstate New York. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I revisit. They have a class in New York City called. It's part of the uh, actually Ariel Tepper, who I know produced. Oh yeah. Jane Eyre. Yeah. She is also a graduate of Syracuse and has a thing called Tepper Semester, which is in New York City. It's fantastic. It's it's for us. Uh, last semester seniors at Syracuse. Oh my and I God, think that's great. they actually let 
you can audition for it and as a as so a, they let outsiders in. What did you say? They, they let, let outsiders, outsiders in. in. I think. Cool. But I've been I had been auditing it before I came to Stratford, and that's how I first heard of your work. Actually, um, yeah. Well, I told you. I think I told you one of the students there was like, "You're gonna." It was, it was right when I got oh, cast in Stratford. Yeah, no, I remember that uh, in, in Avita, and, and I told them. And <laughs> Who I, the hell's ever heard of me? That's crazy. <laughs> well, but. I was. I just told the class out that I was auditing yeah. at the time that that I booked this great job. I didn't know at the time. I knew nothing about Stratford. I never heard of it. We'll get back to that. <laughs> We'll get, to, yeah, we'll totally. get back to that. So, but they're like, oh my God, are you going to work with Bruce Down? <laughs> and I, I was like, uh, I, I may, maybe. maybe. <laughs> I, little did I know the immense talent uh, oh that, I, that I found out later. But they, they had seen you, I think, was it M, as the MC? Yeah, I mean, and that's another great thing about Stratford is, is it's, I mean, you do audition from year to year and you never know if you're going to, you know, it's, it's sort of a company, but it does shuffle around. But they, it's one of the few places I've had a chance to play roles that no one would ever cast me as the MC. I'm, I'm a middle-aged, heavier guy, but it was, it was a blast. Uh, it was I amazing. Mean, Amanda Daner, who now is teaching at Northwestern University and she's directing her own projects and stuff. She's amazing. Crazy. I, I still hear other people raving about that performance, which is, Fantastic. That's very sweet. Yeah, well, it's I mean, sweet. it's fantastic. And it is great that, that the festival stretches you. I, you know what? I did a play for the first time since yes, college. Yes, totally. You did um, uh, Grapes of Wrath. Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. I did Grapes of Wrath. I mean, for for them to give up actors musical, especially, you know, I hate to put quotes around it, but no, in New York they do. Um, you know, musical theater actors. Yes. They, and Stratford... They give us a chance, and it helps round us out as actors, and it makes us better for the next performance. That's that's my biggest bugaboo, and uh, being cranky old dude. Um, that my training is all legit. I did BFA in acting, and then I never wanted to act again. I did an MFA in directing and theater history. Somehow ended up acting. I'm very lucky, but I was always the actor who could sort of sing. Right. So I ended up in musicals, and I love musicals. And yeah. I had great teachers who always said, a text is a text, whether it's a farce and you have to take reality to a certain level, or whether it's uh, Shakespeare where the language itself is lifted, or a musical, which is basically language lifted beyond the spoken word exactly. into the realm of music or movement and dance. So I never divided between them, but I was shocked when I, I got out of school, auditioned for the original Canadian cast of Les Mis, was cast, and then after that, I couldn't get arrested for a play. Exactly. Well, the same thing happened you, to me, and the yeah. same show. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, right. Now, you did the, you did, uh, the, 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 the national, national tour? tour, right when it closed in 2003. Right. I uh, went on tour, and I, I did that. Maybe it's Les Mis. It's, like, it's a curse. <laughs> it's the a curse, curse of Les Mis. Les Mis. It's a great you show, will know. It's a great show. Come on. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, that was your first it's show? It's long, though. Let's be honest. It, it's it a treat long. doing Jesus Christ Superstar, which is 45 minutes each act, and... It's that okay. It's that that is true. It's great yes. that JCS is shorter. However, but uh, you're pushed through a whole. Show I'm going to tell you. Time. I'm going to tell you. I, I'm, I shouldn't say this, but Les Mis, it's easier to no, sing. No, totally. It, it, it is. It is. But but that was your first show out out of. Just, that was my first show. My, not my first you professional playing? show, but I was. Oh God. I auditioned for the show because I was were directing. You Fouille, Fouille, or, or Jolie? I was Jolie eventually, Jolie. but I was a swing for the first year, covering fourteen guys. Oh, oh my god! And there were there were times. God in bless the, the swings, by the god way. God bless the swings of the world. Yes. Yeah. No. And they make they make our theater world go round. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Can you? No. I mean, it's people know about understudies, but I don't know if people. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure the exact demographic that we're speaking to. But if would you like to to say? No, what you talk, talk about swings. Well, um, uh, basically, when an understudy goes on for for one of the principals, that role needs to be filled in because uh, the understudies most of the time come from the ensemble, and especially in our company. 
Des likes to say we have a fantastic batting order. It doesn't matter we who's, do. who's yeah. out. You're still getting the, the best JCS you can no, see. Okay. Well, you have to remember, too, because th- this production came from a classical repertory company. So we have uh, two of our ensemble people were Guinevere and Lancelot exactly. in Camelot exactly. uh, last year at Stratford. So, I mean, and we've got principal players all the way through all the, way the company. Through. But no, a swing is an offstage position. You're not in the show every night. But should any one of an assorted number of men or women go out, you're on. You're on for whatever track that may be. It's the hard. It's the hardest job. It is the hardest. It's job. It's the hardest job. Any yeah, hardest any job. of us complaining, it's ridiculous. That, that yeah. the swing is the hardest job, and <laughs> yeah. they should get they should get all the praise. Yeah. Um, so you so you were a swing in Les Mis. I was a swing on Les Mis for the first year, and then I thought it was going to kill me. So I was very lucky to transfer to be Dying Peasant this number thirty seven. This was in Toronto. This was in the original Canadian cast, and then we went on a Canadian tour, and then. I I just went, I've had enough of dying French people. So is that what were you doing with Colm? No, it was before Colm came in. It was uh, Louise Peach was Fontaine originally. I just and, met her. Oh, gorgeous, amazing woman. Well, I'd like to ask you, Uh-oh. what is your dream role? Oh, God. You know, it's funny. I spent so long trying to be the young leading man type, mm-hmm. and I got some work, but it wasn't until I sort of became a character guy that – all these roles came out of the woodwork I never would have thought of. So I like to keep my options open. Yeah. As I'm growing up, I um, there's a couple of things I'd love to do sometime, but um, I, I'm always afraid to put a finger on it now because life seems to be throwing me well, stuff I never would have expected. I never I, thought I'd play Herod. Really? Yeah. No. Really? I, no. No. Weird. I mean, way back, no. Way back. Way back. I mean, well, even when Des mentioned it two years ago, I went, Herod? I, I guess, oh, you know, fat, funny oh, guy. Oh, when whatever, I heard they but, were doing it, I said, oh, so that's what Bruce is going to play for <laughs> sure. Especially, so, okay, I don't know what, if, if you don't want to say what your dream role is, I, I, okay. I'll just put one upon you. All right. Well, I, I shall accept my, that. My favorite thing that I've seen you do mm-hmm. was at that miscast concert. There, <gasps> there was a miscast concert at Stratford, and, and Bruce did Rose's turn. <laughs> I'm sorry if you don't want me to say it, but no, it go was for amazing. It. Oh, you're and sweet. I think, and I think everybody listening, somebody produce a gypsy, <laughs> put a put a wig on Bruce, and he would be, be the best what? Mama Rose in the world. I would kill to do that. Part. Somebody it's, do it. You know, Shauna McKenna, a great Canadian actress, just yeah. played Richard the Third. If she can do that, I can play Mama Rose. I will. I will Stratford not argue Festival, with that. Do 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 gypsy. <laughs> gypsy. Do gypsy. Now, what do you want to do? What's your dream role? I always, I mean, I've always wanted to play Billy Bigelow in Carousel. Actually. Oh my God, that's such a beautiful piece. Yeah, it's always, it's always. I think it's very. It can be done in a poor, in poor taste, and it, and it can, and it can be it's looked a on as a, it is tough because he there's there's some abuse that goes on, but um, I think it can be handled in a really great way. Well, and, and I, also we can't pretend that abuse doesn't happen. It happens. It so. happens. I mean, but it can be done in how's, an artistic way. How's your Broadway debut going? My Broadway debut, oh, it's going. Yeah. It's going well. I, 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 it's going really well. It, yeah. I, I mean, I'm thrilled. Uh, th- I mean, we're both we're in the both, post-opening cold stage right now. We're both sick. We're both Let's sick. Let's just dogs. say it. Yeah. We're both sick. <laughs> but uh, you know, the whole process of getting here and and uh, through previews was just we. I mean, I'm on top of the world. I can't Good. believe. I can't believe I'm here doing this role. I mean, it's the best role I could possibly want. It's so just. I'm digging my teeth in, you know, and, yeah. and I and I love that I'm able to do that in New York in front of this discerning audience. Uh, I'd love to be able to do it when I'm healthy. Um, you and, will be doing when you're healthy. And I will drink your drink your. You know, we'll go out for matzo ball soup after we'll this. Go out for matzo ball soup, cure everything. Um, 
Well, you should be having the time of your life because you're freaking amazing. And I feel the same way. It's like I grew up with this show. The fact that we're doing it here on Broadway is stunning. And, uh, and the audiences are loving it. The audiences so are loving it. They're going I, crazy. More, more, which is more so than Stratford and La Jolla. Yeah. Um, we, when we first rehearsed it in Stratford, we rehearsed it without applause. We wanted it yeah, to go straight. We, through. we were, straight like, through. we're telling the story. It was an opera. We're yeah. telling the story, and you're going to listen. And, and yeah. they applauded at the end of the acts, and, and that was the way it was. Yeah. Here, we can't get away with that. No, it's a great problem to have. It's a great problem to have. I think it's partially because people know the songs more so right possibly no totally and also it's an america it's it's, it's a new york audience yeah they're gonna stop and get we want to say thank you we right now them, which is great i mean so it's really um, great and we want to thank you for spending this time with us which has gone by so fast oh thank you new york thank you new york for giving <laughs> us this chance and come visit us at the neil simon theater we are having the time of our lives with yeah. this amazing show and this amazing cast check out superstar on broadway.com on Broadway. oh com. we gotta get this right we gotta get this right SuperstarOnBroadway.com. And both of us, uh, I'm oh. on Josh-Young.com and Bruce. And BruceDow.com. Yeah, if you got any questions, don't, and we both, yeah. And emails, you can ask us a question via email. Anything. So come see the show and, uh, we love you, New York, and thanks for being so embracing of our wonderful show and our, our lovely people. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hello, I'm Heather Hitchens, Executive Director of the American Theatre Wing. I hope you enjoyed today's edition of Downstage Center. Downstage Center is recorded in the CUNY TV radio studio at the City University of New York's Graduate School of Journalism in Manhattan. Our engineer for today's show is Chad Bernhardt. Along with this program, all of the educational and media work of the American Theatre Wing is available online, on demand, for free at americantheaterwing.org. If you're a regular listener to or viewer of Wing programs, we hope you'll consider giving us financial support to sustain our work. Just visit our website, americantheaterwing.org, and click Support ATW. For Downstage Center and the American Theater Wing, thanks for your support, and thanks for listening.